0: If you want Colts talk all year long, you're in the right place. Fires upfield into the end
1: zone, and it's caught! Jelani Woods! Touchdown!
0: He's going to fire upfield, it's
1: broken up, tipped and
0: intercepted by the Colts! This is the official Colts podcast, giving you an updated look at what's new with the horseshoes. Colts have it! Interception! Two
1: seconds left, and the Colts are going to
0: in the Indiana Union Construction Industry Radio Studio, let's get the podcast started. It is a Thursday. We're back here on set on YouTube in the official Colts podcast. We're brought to you by Win Las Vegas on the official Colts podcast on a Thursday. Bill Brooks, the Ring of Honor member. Casey Valier from the Colts Radio Network. I'm Matt Taylor. Thanks for coming back, fellas. How are we doing post Halloween? Doing well. Any trick or treaters for you in the neighborhood?
2: Unfortunately, not many. I think we just had one family come by. With, one? Yeah, one family with two kids, and uh, it was one of those things where I told them to kind of dip your hand into the in the <laughs> bag have, do there.
0: Do we have to test the toughness <laughs> of the kids in your neighborhood? <laughs> uh, might have. I know to. it was cold. It was, it was a
2: little cold, it but it's once to. a year. I know they they didn't want to come out. I guess, but anyway, there's. Dipped a hand into the bag and one kid only got one out, and I was like, I "Could take some more." Come on, bro. He only got him one out, and I said, hey, "Open your bag." Up. I said, "Start <laughs> dumping some dump more for big yeah, no, no. I just started dumping <laughs> some in his bag and dumped some into his sister's bag, so they had a, quite a bit. But that was yeah. it. That's the only family. Well, Casey that came was by. up
0: till five a.m. because he was high on sugar <laughs> with the kids left over,
1: nerds and you know, sweet tarts. Ours was a similar <laughs> situation to Bill. We had more than just one, but so I live in a. It's a new build neighborhood. It just just wrapped up all the houses about three or four months ago. And it's maybe got 40 houses total. Mm-hmm. So what I thought was that all of the families had their... They went to their previous Halloween location, not anticipating how many houses would be giving out stuff in the first real year of Halloween. Well, we did not expect that. So we bought way too much candy and we have... Let's just say we could probably open up good a convenience store, and yeah. we could we could sell quite a bit he's of candy good for, for Valentine's Day. <laughs> yeah, we're good. Don't you or, worry, we're good. And, and you know what? Ultimately, I'm sure we have a bucket somewhere in the house that has candy from oh last year's Halloween we, and the previous so Halloween. So we have house. so much candy, yeah. it's oh, it's unreal. We had
0: we had Michael Myers driving around in a golf cart <laughs> handing out candy. It was, really, it was, really, honestly, it was terrifying. Yeah, because the guy rolls up, he's like driving right at us. Got the mask <laughs> on, <laughs> you know, just stoic. You know, the mask is just you know the one face. He's driving up. I'm like, oh is this dude gonna hit us? (laughs) And then he just stops, like, you know, swerves his golf cart, like spins around, does a big wheelie, and just hands out candy, goes (laughs) (laughs) And, And that's it? In a Mike Myers in a Mike Myers costume. I'm like, this is Awesome. Didn't Say anything? <laughs> Didn't say a word. Well done. Didn't say a word. Hand out like <laughs> milk <laughs> does, and just drove off. It was spectacular. And then, like around around eight fifteen, like past probably the Halloween window, if you will, uh-huh. guy, you know, get a knock on the door. Some thirteen year old. You can tell he's like going all out. It's his last year. Uh-huh. You know, like I'm not doing this anymore. Like I'm a freshman in high school. He's got a trash bag full of candy, oh, 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 like like goodness. legit, like a twenty gallon, like industrial trash bag, just full of sugar and i'm just like dude props to you because my kids, my kids are going to bed I'm, yeah, right. I'm here i'm prepping on the panther he's, he's asking for skittles <laughs> it was awesome
1: so yeah i wish that kid would have came by because he would have gotten all of our oh. leftovers. because that's the thing i was talking with one he didn't the, even say a word too he just goes just here hit the bag i'm like open it right. up yeah, no, respect, i was talking brother. with talking with one of the guys that we went to the house and he was like please take as much candy as you want because we've already refilled Our bucket with the candy we just got went. I was like, "Isn't it a funny?" It's it's, really, it's a weird phenomenon, you know. If you do have kids trick or treating. Mm it's like you don't ever get rid of candy because you're just replenishing yourself that's after exactly. you get back and i was like you know that's a really good point we'll it's take like
0: the jerry seinfeld bit. i'll do anything for the candy <laughs> yeah. i can wear that who's handing it <laughs> out who's, everyone, handing, who's it that out? Everyone, everyone that we know. everyone that we know take me with you all right finally we're going to get to some football here this is all about the colts <laughs> and the panthers i promise in week number nine on this holiday edition post-holiday edition of the official colts podcast also and later on in the podcast, we're going to be joined by Matt Gay, Colts kicker, having a phenomenal season, 14 out of 16 on his kicks. He's really only missed one all season because the other one got Miles garroted. Yeah, that, uh, that's a verb that I'm using after he just <laughs> completely <laughs> ran over or leapt over, I guess, the entire Colts offensive line on that play. Yeah, after so. he played that
1: whole entire game, you could probably throw that in. That probably that's is exactly added right. to the dictionary yes. for sure. Yep, so the
0: Colts <laughs> trying to snap a three-game skid, the Panthers are up next as the Colts fly away from Lucas Oil Stadium for the foreseeable future here. The month of November is going to be uh, littered with uh, road games, a game in Charlotte, then a game in Germany, then the bye week, come back the uh, weekend after Thanksgiving and play a home game. But that's really about it for the month of November in terms of, of Lucas Oil Stadium action. But to begin here, boys, we're going with four down territory. We're leading off with four down territory. The Colts have 16 fourth down attempts on the season, tied for the second most in the NFL, So let's go. Let's just let's go <laughs> for it here right out of the gate. Let's talk about the top four storylines for the Colts and the Panthers on Sunday. The uh, first topic here is I'm, I'm calling it stop the bleeding. Bill, the Colts are on a three game slide. They're now three and five on the season. Started off so promising. It, it feels like two years ago, seemingly, when the Colts played the Jaguars and first place in the AFC South was on the line. And right now the Colts are in last place in the division um, with this losing streak here. And as we said, uh, the Colts have a couple of road games um, coming up here. What what, You guys were both inside the locker room earlier this week. What is the mood of the team? What are guys saying? How are players going about this week mentally trying to turn the season around and get this ship righted before the bye week, which comes in about two weeks?
2: Well, I think the guys, of course, are disappointed in their record and disappointed in maybe – the performance out there in the football field. Right now, they're they're saying the right things. They're saying all the things they need to say, and they're just thinking about the next game. Uh, The thing about the National Football League, you play a week, you you always have an opportunity to rectify that if you had a bad week previously. So they're looking forward to the opportunity next week, this upcoming week against the Panthers, to hopefully change that. In order to change that, you don't think about being 5-5 five and five at going into the bye, hopefully winning these next two games, you think about how can we beat the Panthers? And I think that's their mindset right now. I know it's cliche, one game at a time, but that's the only thing they can do. They can't think about the rest of the season. They have to think about yeah. this upcoming game against the Carolina Panthers.
1: No, I agree with Bill. I think the the mood in the locker room is right where it, where it probably should be. They're disappointed and they're probably more just looking at themselves in the mirror going, how are we here? Because if you look at what this team has done, I know defensively we've seen the 37 points allowed over the last three games, but in total I would say the team has played pretty well. And there's a handful of spots you look at and go, wow, if you do that, typically you win a game. You do that, typically you win a game. So there, there is a lot of good that has come from this. So there is some positives you can take. Now, you've got to clean up a handful of things like you will every week. But I think it's one of those that it's a three-game slide where you don't look at it and go, we got blown out three straight weeks. You look at it and go, you know, if we change a couple things here and there, we improve in this yeah, area. are just finding out that the margin of error right. is raised. That's, that's where it is, the margin yeah. of error. It. And it's, it's with almost every team in the league. I mean, yeah. week in and week out, the whole adage of any given Sunday, like it is so true in the league. I, I would think that the parity across the NFL is very, very thin. And, and that's one of the things that I think we've really started to see over this three-game slide is that, you know, you, you improve a couple areas here, and all of a sudden, that could be a three-game winning streak that yeah, you're man, on. I know man. last week maybe was a little bit more out of hand, but ultimately, you're right there in a lot of these situations. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to paraphrase here, but I, I loved what Zaire Franklin had to say this week. And, and
0: people said, yeah, you're 3-5, and five, you're on a three-game losing skid. But listen, you got you got nine games left. You're yeah. fine. You, anything can happen. And, and while that's true, Zaire said, dude, that's that's bull blank. Like it's time to go. Yeah. Like you can't use that as a crutch. You can't use that as something to fall back on to. Yeah, the math says this isn't a, a must win game and all that stuff. And I know you're not the <laughs> must win guy, but I'm with Zaire. Like it's time to go. Yeah. Like if you want to get this season back on the right track, it starts with and we'll talk about it. No disrespect to the Panthers. It starts with dominating a 1-16, yeah. in, in flying, six, flying yeah. to Germany to get back to 500 before the bye week, and then get on this stretch run in late November and December when, when every team kind of hits a, a different gear going into the playoffs, trying to make a playoff push. Uh, let's go to second down on our four-down territory here. You talked about it, the point total on defense. What's wrong with this defense. The Colts, they gave up 511 yards to the Saints in a game last week where prior to that game against the Colts, the Saints hadn't racked up more than 350 yards of offense all season long. As you said, the Colts, they've allowed at least 30, uh, 37 points in three straight games. First time they've done that since 2018. And we we dug this up, Casey, because it kind of just it's one of those things where you're, you're going down a rabbit hole and it just punches you in the face in terms of the harsh reality since week 11 of last year when the season kind of spiraled out of control for the colts since week 11 of the 2022 season bill the colts are giving up an average of 30.2 points per game which is last in the nfl what what are the biggest problems (laughs) on defense right now i know they got a problem up front without grover stewart and certainly in the secondary they're trying to figure out their best matchups of of personnel.
2: To me, looking at it from the beginning of the season to now, it's usually they give them big plays, big chunk plays, and there's receivers, you know, go back to the first game of the season with Calvin Ridley. You go to Nico Collins. You go to Puka with the Rams. Mm -hmm. These guys are having big games against the Colts, and they give them these big yards. They, They do well for a portion of the game, but then all of a sudden there's a big play last week. The big plays uh, to Shahid down the field, big touchdown, big uh, catch on third down, the end of the game, near the end of the game to seal the game for the Saints. So we're getting the big plays. Have to limit those big explosive plays against the defense, and then hopefully in the fourth quarter, hopefully slow teams down and shut them down in the fourth quarter, so that you know what it gives your offense a chance to win football games.
0: Yeah, when, when when the game is on the line, those type of drives. We saw it against Cleveland. Obviously, it was riddled with questionable calls and yep. penalties on the Colts, but it wasn't necessarily a game-winning drive for the Saints, but it was a game-sealing drive, yes. third and 13, yep. and they go over the top, and, and Shahid, he, he did what he had done all game long to right. the Colts. Yeah. That's that's the type of drive right. that I exactly. think Bill is talking about, those, yes. those closeout drives or those we-got-to-get-the-ball-back right. type of drives. That's where the
1: Colts are coming up short. We talked about it a little bit last week. Make a stop, no. and I don't feel like we have seen that. We haven't seen when – I mean, and, and it's it's one of those things we got so used to before last year. It was almost like you just waited for where's the turnover happening because it's going to come. Yeah, And I think over what we saw last year and where we are now – the lack of 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 causing turnovers defensively it really does put a big impact on you know the rest of what your defense looks like I mean you saw it last year they didn't create a lot of turnovers and we saw what happened with the defense and I feel like we're in that same little boat this year where the defense is playing in spots like they have in years past and then in that spot where they're they're creating like third and 13 you want to see a guy get home like you want to see hey you know what? We're gonna put Carr down, and it's gonna be you're gonna to punt to us, and we're gonna have an opportunity. Instead, it's another big play. We saw that PJ Walker, third and ten, you yeah. create a thirty yard pass down the line. This is before those penalties that right. everybody talks about. Yeah, that was the big. I mean, it's it's exactly. those times where you need to stop, and I don't feel like this defense is getting that now this is not at all a stab at the defense because I think there are a lot of really good players on this team that can make those plays. We just haven't seen it come to fruition. I mean, guys like Zaire Franklin, DeForest Buckner, they're more than capable of making these plays. It just hasn't happened.
0: Yeah, the Colts obviously trying to figure out what their best personnel lineup is in the secondary you know, they've, they've tried Daryl Baker Jr. Obviously, they went away from him last week, tried uh, Tony Brown on the outside. Listen, we know Juju Brince isn't coming back, at least not this week. He's not right. going to practice all week, which means he's probably going to miss another game. They haven't officially made that announcement yet, but that's, that's likely coming. Um, so you can either move, you know, your options are you can move Tony Brown to nickel, kick Kenny Moore outside. I know the Colts coaching staff is reluctant to do that because of how much they like and prefer Kenny Moore to play nickel. That's understandable. Um, you can play Kenny on the outside, possibly move Julian Blackman down to nickel. He did that last year in a pinch when Kenny Moore was injured. Oh, yep. Towards the end of the season, you could play uh, Nick Cross at one of the safety spots if you do that. So they they do have options, but they're just trying to figure out that best option. Because right now, the last couple of, of instances where they've been without Juju Brintz, it's obviously been tough to to make plays consistently in the back end with Derek Carr, you know, throwing for over 300 yards. All right, third down, is it Taylor time? Is it Jonathan Taylor time? I think we all kind of know what I'm getting at, at at that because the Colts, they had they had 110 rushing yards in the first half uh, against the Saints. They only ran it six times in the second half. It was kind of hard for the Colts to generate some yards on the ground in the second half because they only had the ball for right. just over 10 minutes. They were kind of backed up uh, in terms of down and distance and field position in that second half. Um, but listen, Jonathan Taylor is going into his fifth game, Bill, uh, since he's been activated off of PUP. Both Moss and Taylor, they're running the ball very effectively. Both guys were over six yards per carry against the Saints. But is it is it time for Jonathan Taylor to be the biggest focal point of this offense going forward and everything kind of reacting off of that based on how well teams are able to slow down number 28.
2: I look at it as I think they should continue to do what they're doing and continue to ramp up JT, give him more carries. I'm not saying he needs to get a whole lot more carries because as we saw, Zach Moss broke off a nice run against the Saints. Yeah. So he still is very effective out there running the football and doing the things that he can do, uh, especially between the tackles. So I look at trying to get the ball to JT a little bit more. and might be in the passing game a little bit. So I think definitely need to get some more touches for JT. But I don't think it needs to be an overhaul of having JT take 90% of the carries and then have someone come in for relief for him. But I just think they need to maybe start keep, continue it up to let JT get more touches in the game.
0: Well, let me ask you this for both of you guys. I'll start with you first, Casey. Hypothetically, if, if Jonathan Taylor is getting – let's just say he gets 20, 25 carries per game on Sunday against uh, Carolina. Would that cut down – on the turnovers the Colts on they only had the one turnover on Sunday Mm -hmm. but it was costly the Saints turned that into seven points and that kept the Colts behind the eight ball in the second half would that cut down on the turnovers but in doing that it's it's kind of catch-22 right because then you would potentially also miss out on some of the big plays that Josh Downs is giving you that Michael Pittman Jr.
1: is giving you so on and so forth yeah it's that is a tough question because I agree with kind of everything you're saying I I don't know I don't know the answer to that because that's Ultimately, I think that's what everybody anticipates Jonathan getting. You say 20 to 25, that's kind of where you expect him to be. Um, and I, I'm kind of playing devil's advocate a little bit with Zach Moss because if you look at where he is in the league right now, he's second in the league in rushing. Yeah. So he has earned his spot. So it's hard to say that you have to just pencil in 28 to get it every series because what Zach Moss has done, it, it's justified him getting these reps I think ultimately maybe what it is is you're giving them both, whether it's 25 for Taylor, and maybe that means 12 to 15 for Zach Moss. Yeah, Yeah, you're eliminating the pass. But I think what you do in that is we have seen this running game has been very effective. Running the football, it also adds to that time of possession, and I think that is part of the issue we have seen with the defense being on the field so much. That's why you're seeing a lot of these points, a lot of these big plays and all this stuff with the defense. I think it's kind of twofold. It might help out everybody else, too, if you're giving the football a lot more to these guys. And it also might create a defense to be a little bit more lazy or really go all in on the run. And maybe then that would open up well, you yeah. know, some of those. So yeah. it's, it's a really tough place to be because I understand what you're saying. I don't know the answer. Clearly, if, if I knew the answer, I'm sure Shane would know the answer too, and we would. Um, but I would anticipate Jonathan getting more and more. But I don't well, think. It-
0: I think you're already seeing it kind of organically. I mean, right. Moss Moss last week played a season low thirty nine percent of the snaps, uh-huh. In his first four games. I mean, obviously Jonathan Taylor's still on PUP, but in the first four games, uh, Moss averaging twenty two carries per game, averaging just twelve. In the last three so it's it's happening organically where jonathan taylor is starting to become the focal point of this running game and you know bill despite the numbers with the panthers not being very good at all at at being able to stop the run they're going to be hell-bent on playing that bare front those pinched in defensive tackles they're going to say we're not going to get beat today by the Colts running game. That's why I asked you the question of, okay, just let Jonathan Taylor be the focal point. That's what you want to do. That's what you want that's what you want to establish. But everything after that Sort of dovetails on how well a team is stopping Jonathan Taylor and and allowing the the Colts offense, which it has been very explosive for eleven and one and fourteen on right. the outside making uh, catches down the field.
2: Yeah, you have to you have to tr- let them do that, and then you have to pretty much take what they're g- going to give you. Yeah. I mean, if they want to try to stop the run, well, Josh Downs is making plays, Pittman's making plays. You also could put the ball in Jonathan Taylor's hands, and as far as a receiver as a receiving back out of the backfield, do yeah. some different things with him. So I, I think let him get his touches, but his touches doesn't have to always be running the ball. Get him some touches, maybe catching some passes yeah. out, in the, out in the open field so he can use his speed yeah. and his elusiveness out there in the, out in the open field. So I would just like to see that to continue to, to ramp up, so to speak, as far as getting the ball, but not always just in the running game.
0: All right, let's go fourth down, four down territory, fourth down. Frank Reich. Frank Reich versus the Colts. we all remember Frank is a tremendous guy, unbelievable coach, unbelievable human being, was with the Colts from 2018 to 2022. 41 wins with the Colts, took him to two playoff berths, uh, won at least 10 games in two seasons in 2018 and 2020. But he also hired Gus Bradley. He hired the Colts defensive coordinator. So he knows this defense (laughs) just about as well as Gus knows the defense. And he allowed Gus to hire the staff that's predominantly here still on that side of the ball, and Ron Miles and Richard Smith and and Cato Junes, uh, just to name a few. What changes, Bill, do the Colts have to make on defense to help disguise some things for Frank, who's going to be all over this defense, ins and outs, <laughs> and, and from a, uh, a basic principle standpoint.
2: Well, I'm, I'm going a little old school here. I'm going back to what Tony Dungy said one time, and he said that, you know what? This is what we do. We play this type of defense. We're going to do it, and we're going to play it, and we're going to play it fast, and we're just going to minimize our mistakes. And I think that's the same thing the Colts going to have to do. Play your defense. Yes, you do have to do some things a little bit differently because you do have tendencies. Every team has, has tendencies, so there are tendencies that we have from a defensive standpoint that you need to tweak a little bit to show them something a little bit different. So he, has gonna, he is going to need to do something a little bit different, yeah. you know, if it's bringing pressure, if it's, if whatever it may be, just something a little bit different on certain downs and distance. But for the most part, do what you do, just do it better and go out there and execute it and make sure that you can, you know, you know what, they're, you know what the, the, the Panthers are going to do, stop them. You have a game plan. You know Thielen's one of the best players on the team. They're yeah. going to try to get the ball to Thielen, right. things like that. Hubbard, the, the main runner back there. So you know what they're going to do. You know Bryce Young, what he does back there in the pocket. He's a guy that's mobile. Do some things that's going to slow those guys down from being effective on offense.
0: I mean, you, whatever they do, Casey, you got to take away uh, Adam Thielen. He's right. got 57 catches on the season. I'm not saying he's the only guy they've got on offense. But he's the only guy they've got on offense. The next closest guy in terms of catches is Jonathan Mingo with 19. 19, So you have to have a plan for Adam Thielen. If the Colts get beat by Adam Thielen in this game, that's going to be a hard one to swallow. Because you knew going in, he's really the only guy that can be dangerous.
1: You know, Adam Thielen, this is just a sidebar a little bit. I I was shocked to see the stats that he's put up just because – and this is – I mean, i got to tip my cap to Thielen because honestly I thought this was – He's a veteran guy. They brought him in because they're getting a rookie quarterback, and he's just kind of, kind of help him, kind of what like Reggie Wayne was for Andrew Luck. You know, it's it's not necessarily like you're going to be our go-to guy. You just on a key third down. You know, maybe you get three or four catches a game because I thought that's what Adam Thielen was. I thought he was towards the end of his career. Yes. But, boys, he proved me wrong. I mean, he's seventh in the league in receptions. I mean, this guy is playing like he was back in 2018-19 with the Vikings. Yeah, You're you're spot on with that. I mean, if if you're looking at this Panthers team and it's not feeling, 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 <laughs> and then stop feeling for a fourth time, yeah. I, I don't know what else you're looking at. Because that is ultimately what their offense is. We've seen Bryce Young. Yes, He had a storied college career. He looks like he has all the pieces to be a really good quarterback in the NFL. Right now, he hasn't shown all of that. There are still quirks he's trying to, to tweak with and all of this, you've got to go in and you've got to make sure that this guy feels like a rookie, show him things you haven't seen. And and this goes back to Frank Reich knows Gus Bradley, but Gus Bradley knows, knows Frank. Frank Reich. Exactly. So it's kind of a twofold thing where Gus is going to know in a way, I know that the offense is going to be different because the personnel is different. It's a different play caller, all of that. But for the most part, you're going to be familiar with what Carolina's going to do offensively. So, yes, you're spot on with Adam Thielen. He's a guy that I got to say – Really impressed by what Adam Thielen has done. I thought this was kind of his swan song, go to a nice place instead of Minnesota where it's cold. You go out to Carolina, <laughs> it's all vacation Yeah, warm, pretty place. Get some no, sun. This, this is not it at all. I mean, he's, he's yeah. putting a case for a Pro Bowl season. Yeah. So, you know, impressive by and Thielen, but you're spot on. He is the guy to stop.
0: And get after Bryce Young. They're, yes. they're giving yeah. up an average of three and a half sacks per game. He was taken down six times. Last week by the Houston Texans. Get after him, get off to a good start, put him behind the eight ball early, generate some momentum. That's the recipe for success for the Colts on Sunday. Speaking of momentum, a guy who's trying to carry that momentum from a great season so far into week number nine in Carolina. That's Matt Gay. He's the Colts kicker. As promised, he's going to join us. He's only missed two kicks all season. Mr. Clutch joins us here on the official Colts podcast. We're joined in studio by Colts kicker Matt Gay. Mr. Automatic, Mr. Consistency, Mr. Clutch, all the above here with us, Matthew. How are we doing today, man? Thanks for the time. Of course, thanks for having me on. Appreciate Absolutely. It. Now, before we go further, I know we're uh, we have different mediums here. We're on we're on <laughs> video on YouTube, but uh, of course, the audio portion yeah. on the Colts Audio Network. You, you got to tell us what's going on here. You got some you got some remnants <laughs> from Halloween there. You got some some we fake got a tattoos.
3: A uh, The the costume <laughs> was supposed to be the Viking. Um, okay. So we got tatted up. I found these on Amazon. They're actually pretty good. I mean, I got couple of neck tattoos i
0: just i thought you then. spent the
3: off day uh at the chair the ink chair yesterday you would have thought i mean everyone was asking me are Those like, they look real people we're looking around like, they look good I, tatted? I got a couple questions though i mean they're from from amazon the quality's there i mean i got a full sleeve and a couple of neck tattoos that are what, hanging out still but
2: what did the wife say about it
3: uh first she was a little like oh you're a little but She's, she's coming on to them a little bit. I think she's, she's liking him. She's like, it's a Dude, shame they're going to they're Did gonna she know off.
0: that they were fake? Or yeah. did she think you came home with some inspiration?
3: <laughs> she definitely knew they were fake. Right, uh, okay. I don't think if I, I I have no tattoos yeah. that are real. And so I think she's, for me to be aggressive and go get the neck tattoo in the studio. I think, <laughs> for the first tattoos is have awesome. been. That's awesome.
0: Now, are a you a big bit. Halloween guy? Like, what, what did you do on Halloween?
3: Did you go all out? Yeah, we went all out. We were uh, had the decorations up, got the kids dressed up all day long. Awesome. Um, I sold out. I got all the good candy for them. A little <laughs> disappointed that it was so cold that we didn't get a lot of treaters. Yeah. Because I was, I had the king size. I got all of them. <clears throat> was gonna hand out two or three per kid, and okay. I don't even think we got through the first bowl. I mean, I have so oh. much leftover candy.
0: <laughs> well, well, what the heck are we doing? Why didn't you bring the podcast? Probably, I really should
3: have. <laughs> I'm going like I'm sneaking into the closet five times a day and oh like, man yeah, you are out and so and it's, it's
0: tempting you got to have some self-discipline here in the month of I november
3: <laughs> in the early part all of the schedule. All, all of it so it's no good
0: all right well let's talk some ball here you are having like i said you're having a terrific season on the year you are 14 for 16 on field goals five over six over 50 i'm saying you're having a great year i know that you are your 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 harshest critic how do you feel like the year is going
3: yeah i mean it's it's been pretty solid um I'd say I'm a little disappointed. In the one I, I mean, the one I missed against LA is 47, yeah. and I, I mean, that's it's just such a makeable kick. Yeah. I mean, I for sure should have made that one. And then, as a kicker, you hate that blocks go against you. Yeah, and so you kind of look I at think that. One, I
0: think the same mm-hmm. thing. I think that should be its own category.
3: It's right. so hard to differentiate between. Yeah. What's your fault and what's not? Sure. Like, Is it a low kick? Is it? <laughs> this and that, and so you look at him. I've looked at that kick with that I well, that Miles Garrett, I've looked at it, and I'm like, is there any way that I'm making this?
0: And Miles Garrett is in your face mask as you're trying to kick that ball. Yeah, that's a big dude.
3: So I, I hate that. I mean, that it'd take a lot to go in to be like, this was his fault, this right. wasn't his fault, we right. don't count this against him, we do this on this guy, so I understand it. But, I mean, the one against L.A. really is the one that I look back and be like, I mean, I should have made that kick. Yeah. And so uh, that's the one that kind of sits there and eats at you, so. But, I mean, overall pretty solid so
2: have you ever had anyone do what Miles Garrett did that game I mean previously when you kicked with other teams or I mean you see guys
3: do it in the past I mean you used to be able to run up and jump over and uh-huh. they changed the rules yeah. so now you have to be on the line of scrimmage and to do that and jump over I mean guys have attempted it
2: uh-huh.
3: I mean normally if you get any piece of a guy if you snag their right their toe or their foot it's throwing them off balance and to be able to get back in the ground and jump back up is very very difficult so Credit to that, dude. I mean, he's just a—he's <laughs> an absolute freak of nature. Um, to be able to do that at 6'6, 280, 285, whatever he is, yeah. I mean, is, is unbelievable. But I've never had a block like that.
0: Yeah. Now, Rigo Sanchez is your holder. He does a lot, obviously. He's been here for a long time. Yeah. Great guy. He's a great holder. He's a great punter. But how much How much is he helping you have a great season so far?
3: Oh, he's awesome. I mean, he's been able to be like, I mean, right when I got here, um, every kicker is different with how they like the lean and the holds yeah. and stuff. And so right from the get go, he was awesome being able to like, Hey, what do you like? Let me learn it. Let mm-hmm. me figure it out. And him and Luke are just workhorses. And so they just, they get a bunch of, they're constantly getting snaps and be able to, figure it out and being able to, be able to tell him like with different conditions, Hey, mm-hmm. lean it a little this way, a little this way. He's been awesome. And so just having the camaraderie and just being cool dudes to be able to get along with, yep. I mean, it's sweet. It's good to have with, with Luke Andrigo.
0: All right. Going so, along with that for you, because every, every kicker is different. Mm-hmm. You all have your different skill sets and anatomy, if you will, in terms of, yeah. of, of, of how you attack the ball and, and what your strengths are for you. Can you define the perfect hold?
3: Um, I would say straight up and down as far as backward or forward. Yep. I don't want it leaning backwards for me. I okay. like it. I don't, some kickers like it lean forward. Okay. I like it straight up and down. And then for me, I like just slight. I mean, if we're not, no conditions, no yeah. wind, we're indoors. Slight lean to the right. Okay. Um, and why is that? Just with a right foot of kicker, the way you come in, the angle. Uh-huh. You don't want, if the ball is straight up and down, it'll generally roll off the ankle cause a double hit and you, that's where you get the X balls or an ankle ball that goes left. And so if it's lean just a little bit, <laughs> it'll roll off the foot. So it rolls off, it avoids the ankle and rolls off the foot pretty good. And then for me, my miss hit is generally a toe ball mm-hmm. as opposed to an ankle ball. So I hit it lower on my foot, hit a toe ball. And if that ball is leaning more straight up and down as opposed to like a toe ball with a lot of right lean for the camera, and a lot of right lean for me, mm-hmm. the tip of the ball is what cause the rotation. So a toe ball, you don't hit it clean, it'll start to drift right. For me, if that ball is leaning just a little bit, that toe ball generally stays true and stays straight over 50-ish yeah. yards. And so it'll generally still make it through if I do hit the, the toe.
0: Sure. And people think you're just a kicker. Yeah. yeah no. you know, just just <laughs> kick the ball. No, I'm serious. I'm fascinated no, yeah. by this. No, that, well, I mean... That, that's fascinating yeah. all the, the science that goes into yeah, it. Yeah, really and, in.
2: and talking about that, when you get to a stadium, a visiting stadium, like this week... Mm-hmm. What is your routine when you go to make a kick and uh, warm up to determine your preferential preferential direction you want to kick and also the distance that you can kick going that way?
3: Yeah, that gets into, like, I mean, you get out there pregame, and so you get out there. I try not to look too much into the weather during the week. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anything as opposed to, like, it's going to be cold. <laughs> okay, it's going to be cold. I know, like, hey, I'm probably going to wear something. But I don't change unless it's really really bad conditions I don't change my cleats I don't change anything like that so cuz the weather can be so misleading sometimes hey until you get there and you really can get out there on the field and figure out what you're getting yeah. I don't really try to look too much into it so I get there I get out on the field see what I'm dealing with and then pregame it's it's just being able to get out there and hit different kicks and see what the ball's doing see if it's blowing left or right and then um, from there, I mean, then you talk to Rigo and say, hey, it's, yeah. it's a really heavy wind. Let's change the lean or let's do some different things. And then if it's in your face, you obviously try and have the benefit of going with the wind in mm-hmm. the second quarter or fourth quarter. And then just trust in your, your pregame and trust in your process when you get out there for a kick. I mean, yeah. to do all the work pregame and say, hey, it's going left or right. And then being able to trust Press that right. when you get out there is the big thing. Like, yeah. hey, this ball is going to move right and I got to play it a little left and let the wind do its thing and and trust that it's going to do that.
0: That's Matt Gay with us Colts kicker. Now you you read about kickers all the time and you know some guys say I got I got to put on my left sock first and I got to put on <laughs> my pants a certain way yeah. or before they run out before a kick they got a rabbit's foot they smuggled from the <laughs> locker room to to rub before yeah. they you know go out for a kick. Do, do you have any anything like that or you how how superstitious are you?
3: Um I wouldn't say I'm sup- superstitious. I'm a little
1: stitious. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
3: stitious. I'm a little stitious. stitious. Um, There are certain things like you get on a streak, and so you wear the same cleats. You don't want to change. I'm not too big into and a lot of that stuff. I mean, I grew up playing soccer, and so I kind of have a cleat addiction, and so oh okay, I wear a bunch of different cleats and I'll switch them out, and so I've worn different cleats and things like that. The only really thing that I try to do is I mean, right before the game, i right, I get out on the field for warmups, I call my wife. I FaceTime my wife and my kids Oh, the field. Okay, awesome. Okay. Very awesome. Cool. And so we I show my kids the field. And yeah. We talk to her and then after warm ups and stuff, right when we come in for the game with like thirty ish minutes before the game, I call her again. Awesome. And we talk to her and she asks me how warm ups go and we just chat about it. And so I see the kids and and then uh that's pretty that's pretty much it. And then before I go out for warm ups I always right before I get on the field I always take a knee and, and say a little prayer sure and that's pretty much the superstition that kind of goes into it um, that's just your routine <laughs> that's, that's that gets little, you in your right that's, head space. yeah that gives me a little space is just being yeah. able to just perspective on things you know? Sure, absolutely. you go out there for this thing but if I can have a grounding in what matters my life my family my kids um that's the stuff that really kind of keeps you grounded and so you can go out there at the end of the day let it all hang loose on the field and you can live with what happens. Yeah. yeah. Well done.
2: Now you talked about getting in your space before the game. Mm-hmm. I think I heard you talk about when you go to kick, kick a game winner, like in Baltimore, mm-hmm. you got in a blackout mode. Yep. What's blackout mode for you?
3: It's a state where you're just not. There's nothing going on in in your mind. Like you're you're just in rhythm. You're just you're out there. You're just swinging the leg. For me, um, on a lot of a lot of those kicks, a lot of the good kicks, I don't really remember much from what happened from the snap Mm -hmm. so the snap happens and then next thing you know i'm kind of like in my finish and i'm looking up and the ball is going i don't remember the ball hitting my foot that's great i said i don't remember (laughs) anything kind of going like outside your body so to speak yeah you're kind of just yeah outside the body you're
2: there but you're not there
3: yeah. yeah okay and it's i mean some people think it's like a increased zone of focus or yeah mm-hmm. but it's kind of hard for me to understand that because increased zone of focus would make me feel like i would rem- i'd be so low like i would know what the ball looks like i would know this and i would so it's it's different for me when mm-hmm. i more relate to like the basketball players or michael when you say like oh he's unconscious like he can't miss and you're kind of unconscious like you're not in your own get out of your own way type of thing yeah like right. and i'm just letting my body <laughs> Wow. do what i've trained and do what i know how to do and not, again i just don't i don't really i just don't really remember
2: you're not thinking about i need to place my foot my plant foot here and hit yeah. the ball here you just go and just do it
3: yeah okay. just, just going and doing not i mean the thing over analysis to a paralysis like mm-hmm. you're thinking about too many things you can't go and perform like if i'm trying to place the ball through the uprights it's not going to end up very well as opposed mm-hmm. to just like picking a spot and swinging away yeah when you try to like place it then you you don't swing as hard and you take things off and things change. And that's when things miss hits and stuff like that come into play. And so I just try to, I don't know, just get in that zone. <laughs> sure. And just swing, just swing I don't leg. think I've swing ever been it. in that zone. <laughs> I really don't <laughs> swing. Away. I mean, the way you're
0: describing it is why you are where you are. You're, you are an elite athlete, an elite player at your position. That's why Bill and I, well, Bill, you For are, sure. you're, you're in the ring of honor. That's why I'm sitting <laughs> here on the couch. All right. That's why I'm doing a podcast right now. There's no doubt about that. Now, The Miles Garrett play aside, the Colts roll you out for a 60-yard field goal, Mm -hmm. which means they think you can make it. How much confidence does that give you? When it comes to their confidence in you, like right, confidence is earned, but it's also received. I mean, the fact that the Colts were going to kick a fifty or a sixty-yard field goal with you, I'm blown away because of their trust and and their their confidence level and your ability to do that.
3: Yeah, I mean that that's awesome. I mean, normally you don't right. field position such a huge thing in football, and so normally those positions you're going to try and especially I mean, yeah. it's not end of half, not end of the game. It's well, the that, middle of the game. That
0: mean yeah, that means they're going to get the ball if you miss it at the fifty
3: second quarter. Right. So for them to go out there and and send me out for that gives me a lot of confidence i mean i think some of the stuffs play the game and what happens on the stuff before i think we were right a couple yards we were probably would have been at 55 or 54 Mm -hmm. before that end up taking a sack and so i think in their minds they're already thinking field goal Mm -hmm. and then take the sack and so i don't know how much goes into like hey we already had field goal up yeah all field goal and so for me the sideline i see the sack and i'm thinking okay we might punt here and they they still go field goal and so for me, I'm just like, let's go. Let's, I'm, I'm so, I'm stoked to go kick a sixty. Right. Um, I hit it good too. <laughs> it's so
0: good. Well, you hit it right to Miles Garrett. Yeah, yeah. Hit it right <laughs> to his hands. Gosh,
3: uh, when it, that's one of those things where like you just know it came off the foot good, and so that's. that's so right. that was going to be good. Now I'm getting in my feels. <laughs> yeah, uh, like, <laughs> I'm saying so you made the field thing. goal. <laughs> I'm saying that was that was going to be good. But uh, I think it's it's a lot of confidence to to have them you know send you out there and trust you and so you just you gain confidence from all those situations those things
0: all right now going along with that when do you start when do you start to get up when the when the Colts have the ball when they're on offense when do you start to get antsy is it when they cross the 50 or what's what's the line of demarcation on the field when you start to psychologically get ready for a potential kick
3: generally well me and Rego we we have the net on the sideline. Yeah. And we kind of are both kicking the same way into the net. And so, generally, when we're backed up or in our own territory, he's punting. Mm-hmm. And I'm just chilling. I'm sitting down. I'm hanging out. Um, and then, generally, across the 50s, when okay. we make the switch and I start kicking into the net, mm-hmm. and he starts getting a couple holds. Um, so, and then that's just like I get a kick on first down, second down. Okay. Third down, probably another one. Okay. And then I'm going to stand on the sideline. It's like, all right, got a first down. Cool. I go back to the net hit another one okay third down again hit another one. First down so yeah, it's like yeah yeah the drive you just kind of staying ready staying warm uh for me i mean that's that's the biggest battle is, is staying warm throughout the game sure because i mean we get out there probably two hours before the game so we're six hours probably total of mm-hmm. just kicking and staying warm um and so just being able to keep the leg fresh ready to go out there and you don't want to go out there um cold for a sure second. So no doubt being able to hit a couple in the net and, and go and then obviously third down numbers called you're out there and Try and make a kick. <laughs> yeah, try and make a kick.
2: Now, this is your second stint with the Colts. Mm-hmm. What have you learned about yourself as a kicker in the National Football League from the first time you were here after you've gone to the Rams and yeah. and uh, other teams?
3: Well, I say my time here in Indy, the first time I was here, was probably one of the most important times for me in my whole career because I went through my rookie year in Tampa. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Up and down rookie year, a lot of, you know, good, A lot of bad um end the year on a on a bad note there go through the next preseason they cut me and there was a lot of stuff going going on in tampa that probably just wasn't great for me Mm -hmm. as opposed to my just my own self and just like the thing i was doing and so when i left tampa made a couple changes okay um as far as technique goes and things go that i was working on and when i left tampa i was actually like like a it was more like a relief type Mm -hmm. thing. Honestly, It was kind of like, Oh, okay. Like I feel like I was trying to be someone else Mm. or, and they were trying to make me be someone else mold me into something as opposed to like me just kind of doing my thing and kicking how I want to kick and perform on my own headspace. So when I got here to be on practice squad and being able to have them, you know, have confidence in me, being able to honestly just, kick throughout the week without the stress and pressure of going out on Sundays Yeah, to just be able to work on things throughout the week and be able to go out there and like have guys like, Oh, tell you, you know, you're doing a good job and being able to work through some things and be able to kind of kick free was for eight ish weeks and something like that was really important for me to, I think, gain confidence and get back to where I was and work through a couple of things without like, say they signed me and I was active that week Mm -hmm. to go out there and kick on Sunday and be like, still trying to tweak a couple of things or go out there after kind of what happened in Tampa. I think that time off for me to be able to work on things was huge. And so by the time I got the call from LA right. and went to LA, I'd, I'd, you know, perfected and you were ready, was ready, ready to yeah. actually go back out on the field mm-hmm. and, and game some of the stuff that I'd been working on and the confidence that I've been building
0: based on that time you spent on the Colts practice squad. Uh, during that 2020 season, how much did that time influence or, or play a part in your decision to want to come back to the Colts in free agency this past off season?
3: Uh, I think it's huge. I think you make connections when you're here. Yeah. I think you know you have relationships you have. I think things changed in three years, but you have some familiarities, some some familiar faces in the building. Sure. I, knew, I knew Luke. I knew Rego. Mm-hmm. Chris was still the GM. And so right. yeah. that played a big part with him and my agent. And he knew, Chris knew me, and he's seen film on me. And so um, I think that played a big part in being able to be like, okay, well, if this does happen, maybe Indy's going to come. I've been there before. They know me. Yeah, um, And so I think that plays a big part into making those decisions is, you know, we've been there before. We... Somewhat know the area-ish and have some familiar faces in the building. Um, that, that was kind of all key critical moments as opposed to just going to a completely new situation. I right. feel a little bit more comfortable coming oh, yeah. to a place where you you did a little stint and you right. know a couple people and have a few familiar faces.
0: Oh, Matt, you're, a, you're an amazing guy. You have a great story. I could Literally, I could sit here all day and talk ball with you, talk about your background in Utah and playing soccer, the switch to, uh, to football. But Mr. Automatic here, he's 14 out of 16, like we said, 5 over 6 over 50, but really he's 6 over 6 because of the Miles Garrett asterisk there. But uh, he's not superstitious, he's a little stitious. Always. Remember that now. That's Matt Gay here with us in studio. Matthew, thank you so much for the time. Always a pleasure to sit and talk ball with you, and good luck on Sunday. Thanks for having me on, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks again to Matt Gay. Awesome conversation. I mean, I'm not joking. I could I could spend another hour talking to him about the science of kicking, kicking. and <laughs> how he's gotten to where he is and his background in Utah. Just that was fun. Tremendous guy. That yeah, a really fun. good conversation. I love talking to those specialists because they're kind of out of sight, out of mind for most of the game until uh, they're needed. Exactly. And then, you know, they come up clutch. I was not going to bring this up in front of him because <laughs> I'm not I'm not a big believer in jinxing. And I don't know if Matt was or is, so I didn't want to do this in front of him. But Matt Gay has made 24 consecutive field goals on the road. And the Colts go on the road in each of the next two games. He has not missed a field goal as a member of the away team, either with the Colts or with the Rams, since week 17 of 2021 okay i'm not a jinx guy so don't at me on sunday if the colts miss a field goal i don't want to hear it because me talking has nothing to do with the outcome of someone's actions all right it's just really let's let's live in really reality.
2: no come
0: on no no i am not a jinx guy I, but i didn't i did i want to respect matt if, if he is. Uh, I,
2: I agree with you on that
0: all right let's close it out week number nine. Let's call our shots. Some walk-off predictions here about the game on Sunday as the Colts are trying to get back on the right track and snap this three-game losing skid. Casey Valier, I'm going with you, then Bill, then me. I want your guarantees. Give me one guarantee
1: about the Colts and Panthers on Sunday. My one guarantee is the Colts run the ball. They run the ball effectively. They win time of possession. You see Jonathan Taylor have maybe two touchdowns i'm he has one touchdown on the year i know he's itching to get back in the end zone no no, i need a solid guarantee okay proclaim proclaim i'm saying jonathan taylor (laughs) runs for 145 and two scores and the colts win handily on sunday all right bill wow
2: my guarantee not very good against the run of the panthers no they're not my guarantee Colts score minimum 24 points okay and Josh Downs has a touchdown.
0: All right, back, okay.
2: Back in his North Carolina area. Oh yeah, yes. yeah. Good, yes. Great call. Yes. Great call.
0: The Tar Heel going back home. My guarantee, this is kind of soft, but it's kind of big picture. The Panthers are going to play their you know what off for Frank Reich. That's my guarantee. Oh yeah. Okay. Those yeah. guys are going to bring it. They're going to bust their tails. It's going to be a dogfight. I know they're one and six. I know they've been outscored by 17 72 points on the season. I know they've lost four games by double figures, but this is the NFL. Anything can happen any given Sunday, and you know those guys. Frank's not going to come out and say it cuz that's not Frank's way. Exactly. That's not how he's wired. But every leader within that Panthers locker room is going to galvanize right. the troops and say, "Guys, we won last week. We got a little a little bit of momentum. Let's get this done." for our head coach who was fired in the middle of the season last year by the team we're playing on Sunday that's coming into our house. They're going to be fired up. That stadium's going to be going nuts. I guarantee they give everything they have to beat the Colts. And, and, and you know what Frank's doing? He's doing what he did in 2018. The Colts were one and five. They got on a roll. They were one and four to start 2021. <laughs> they got on a roll. I don't want to say he he's used to this, but he this knows is, he knows. He's this been place, there before. Right? He's and been they there still before. Think. Listen, the NFC South is maybe the worst division in yes. football. It, it's it's not hyperbole. It's not out of the question to say that at one and six, they still have a chance to get 100 and win their division. That's what he's preaching to this locker room, and I guarantee you, those guys are believing it. And they're gonna bust their tails to beat the Colts.
1: No, I completely agree. Yeah. And that's you know, I you said about Frank. I mean, this isn't a stab, this is comfort zone. I mean, he slow starts is kind of what we I mean, nobody likes <laughs> them I don't, I don't the, know, Frank, comfort. I don't know if he's right. comfortable it's at like one point. It's Friday like like the mean. morning. It takes but it's a little wild to right. get right. going. Right. I know, you right. know? Yeah. I know but, what you mean. I know what you mean. But this, right. <laughs> this is a, he's not un, it's not unfamiliar territory right. there you for go. Frank. So we all know what Frank Reich is. I mean, as a human being, as a leader. Those guys, you know, in that locker room, everybody, I mean, you talked, I mean, we talked about it in the Colts locker room. Nobody had anything but wonderful things to say about Frank and how this is a business trip, yeah. but yeah. we're excited to go see Coach Frank. We're excited to go talk to, you know, the guy who. Meant so much to a lot of these guys, and draft some of these guys. Yeah, yeah. You, you've seen what he's done in this locker room. I can only imagine what it looks like in that Panthers locker room. So, yeah. now I, Matt, I think you're, you're spot on with what what your expectation I
0: guarantee is. Guarantee
1: there, guarantee, <laughs> <laughs> guarantee. There you go, baby. Bill Brooks, right there. Bill Brooks.
0: Now, if if you're used to hearing and watching Bill at one o'clock or I should say at 10 a.m. for a 1 o'clock okay. game. you got to readjust <laughs> your schedule here. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. this is the only time all season the Colts play in the 4 o'clock window. So Bill is going to be bumped back. A couple of hours on the pregame show. Bill Brooks. Get a little sleep.
1: Yeah. You get a little that's sleep that's this changed, time, and then yeah. the next it's week, it's, it's no sleep. Exactly. You're up real early for that Patriots game. Enjoy
0: Both extremes. Bill Brooks starts on the pregame huddle at three. Casey, or I should say at, at one, I beg your pardon. Mm-hmm. I see. I, I, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I just got so used to I rip started rip at one o'clock. Yeah. Casey <laughs> on Countdown to Kickoff begins at three. I think I start at four. Yeah, I think I, so. I, don't know. I think Tell me where to go. <laughs> All right, but it's the Colts and Panthers. Both teams coming off a uh, a grueling game. Obviously, the Panthers won. The Colts with a setback, trying to get back to 500 before the bye week, but one at a time in Carolina on Sunday. And we will talk to you next week, getting ready for the Colts and the Patriots before we head around the globe to Germany to get ready for that game internationally. And we will do it again next Thursday, talking Colts football here on the official Colts podcast on YouTube and the Colts Audio Network brought to you by WinBet. So long.